0: But when it comes to relationships, um, very little investment, very little education, very little understanding is is directed towards that. And we think we can genuinely keep families together um, by offering, uh, by using the
1: latest technology to help that problem. The day after Valentine's Day, we tackle sexual health, mental health and making sure that people are able to communicate when there are problems in an intimate relationship or intimate setting. And to help us do that, we're talking to Sachin Raoul, the co-founder of tech business, Blue Heart, who got a digital therapy service specifically aimed at people who might be feeling anxious. Also on the show, I talked to Rob Malaband, the MD of Crimson, who's going to be in our offices on Wednesday to help sign the Declaration of Amsterdam. It is LGBT History Month in the UK at the moment. Of course, it's important for everyone to feel free to be themselves, to love who they love openly, uh, and make sure that this is an inclusive Valentine's Day for everybody, no matter who you are. This is Tech Talks, your weekly technology podcast from the Harvey Nash Group, hosted by myself, David Savage today i'm joined by akish how are you
2: i'm very well i'm very well it's been a it's been a while
1: let me ask you something are you looking forward to thursday
2: uh look forward to thursday are you alluding to the fact that we are going to be radio hosts
1: we are going to be radio hosts yeah yeah, Uh, yeah. as everyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows uh we both work for a company called Harvey Nash the Harvey Nash group yep. and we're having a day where we're pretending to to host a radio station lots of colleagues from around the world are, are, are hosting hour-long slots I've got a couple Akisha's got one as well um and I thought I'd mention it because if you're a regular regular listener rather uh, why not tune into my second hour which I think is at one o'clock GMT so a, a breakfast show for you Americans an evening show if you're over in Australia I'm going to be giving away a fitness tracker
2: are you yeah. Oh
1: mate. Yes. Gonna play a quiz. Gonna give away a fitness tracker. That is very
2: good. That is very good.
1: What 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 time did you say yours is? You're tuning into that slot now, aren't you?
2: Uh no, because I'm live at one to two PM UK time. Don't think you are. I have it on good authority that I am at one PM, mate, because I went for the old lunchtime show.
1: Oh I'm two PM. I'm two Ooh. PM. Oh yeah. Well 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 highlighted. Yeah, I got my times wrong. So I'm not nine and one, I'm no. ten and two. You're ten oh. and two. You know why I, I know I I know why I'm getting confused.
2: You're gonna blame time zones, right, are you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, so if you tune in at two o'clock UK time,
0: yeah.
1: Uh then yeah, you could win a fitness tracker. I'm not sure whether it's gonna be uh a Fitbit, a Garmin or an Apple Watch yet, because I'm not sure what the budget is, but it'll be something it'll be something good uh to help you with your with your exercise folks
2: and if you tune in at 1 p.m you can uh, win nothing british time you can win nothing but you can be involved in the big fat british quiz uh oh yeah
1: yeah so just to clarify i i'm doing an international slot and akish is doing a british slot
2: well i'm just representing the country aren't
1: i just so you know by the way if you're on your jingle if they pronounce your name wrong that's my fault my name yes so they're doing jingles for all the co-hosts and i got asked to send a voice note pronouncing your full name
2: brilliant over, over to the belch team
1: back to the belch belgium team i i should have just well there you go that's that's not very promising is it no oh, it should be carnage it's all fun and
2: games though isn't it really Yeah, so it's the, all very good
1: well we'll we'll uh we'll put some information in the show notes on the on the podcast and if you fancy a bit of a laugh and a bit of an a, an extra from your favorite technology co-hosts pretending to be radio hosts you can request songs, you can chat along, join us. Uh, anyway, we'll get into today's episode, uh, which is all about how technology can help with the sexual dysfunction epidemic that the country is facing. So, I'm chatting to uh, Sachin Raul. Uh, Sachin, you are the co founder and CEO of a company called Blue Heart. Um, if I go on to Blue Heart on LinkedIn, it talks about the fact that on a societal level, sexual dysfunction is a public health crisis. That's a, a pretty bold statement. So do you want to explain kind of where that's come from and what Blue Heart's trying to do about it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we believe that relationships are the most important facet of human life, not just spousal or romantic relationships, all types of relationships. And yet, At the same time, if you think about how we grow up and what we learn through school, through our parents, it's this kind of massive hole that we never address. And so as a result of that, like a lack of willingness of society to talk about relationships, sex, and really how we connect with other people in in intimate and non-intimate ways, we get into adulthood and then we don't know how to connect and we go through these cycles of pain of Either breaking up or not understanding how our body works and not understanding how our body changes, and as a result, we believe that the kind of biggest source of pain in the world is going through breakups um, and and losing kind of like very close connections, and we really feel that that is a result of lack of education and lack of um, investment in the space. And so, what we are trying to do is to change that by one educating adults and how to have those relationships when they hit issues um but also um sharing a light on why we come to feel this way and why society should change to address relationships and sex um as a almost key part of the health agenda because like your intimate and relationship health is so heavily correlated to both your mental and physical well-being and so you know it, you know it might seem quite abstract it might even seem niche to some people but if i asked if i ask pretty much anyone you know when was your darkest period of your life when did you struggle the most when were you really struggling it is likely to be either grief or kind of a breakup of some kind and yet you know grief is is one that we necessarily not necessarily can do things about though obviously like medicine does address that but when it comes to relationships um very little investment very little education very little understanding is is directed towards that and we think we can genuinely keep families together um by offering uh by using the latest technology to help that problem
1: and i suppose the the last year and a half has been a moment in time where a lot of people really can relate to this you know in the UK in particular, soaring divorce rates during the course of the pandemic. Um, I suppose, uh, younger people, perhaps well, not even just younger people to be perfect. honest, but single people who are dating, it's incredibly difficult to do that. Um, when you've, you've been forcibly kept apart from other people. Um, I, I, you know, the guardian, for example, I read the guardian. They often do a, a a kind of a a first dates section. A lot of those were Mm. done obviously via zoom. um, Uh, rather than obviously in in person so forming forming actual intimate relationships has and, and maintaining them has been really hard for people through this period you talk there about how technology can help what does the platform offer what what kind of service is it that you're actually providing that can help to address some of these issues
0: yeah um so you you mentioned how hard it was during the pandemic and i think we're starting to get to this kind of concept of the loneliness epidemic and how loneliness is you know as bad as smoking you know nine cigarettes a day um for your health and things like that so i think we're we're getting to the stage where we're, we're really seeing kind of scientifically wow this is this is something that Will significantly impact your health, um, and are starting to address it, which is why companies like ours exist. Um, in terms of how what we offer, right now, we offer um, a a digital app where you can access both questions, uh, answers to questions that you might have regarding relationship or sex, um, and beyond that, we do offer fully automated digital therapy for relationships and sex, such that if you have an issue. And you you might feel either a bit embarrassed to talk to someone else directly about it because there's a lot of stigma around this particular topic. You may not feel like you can speak to your friends or family about it because maybe they they really love your partner, and so you know telling them that there's that there's maybe issues might might be anxiety producing for you, like it is for so many people. Um, and so what we have designed is a fully digital way, which means you can go through the therapy process without having to speak to another person should you not wish to Um, and beyond that it is given that it's a technology solution and there aren't there's not physical people on it uh, in terms of providing you with the therapy it also means that we are so much cheaper than going to a therapist you know if you're getting private therapy you know expect to pay 100 to 120 pounds per hour and you know we can offer prices that are you know almost uh, a tenth of that um, purely because of the format and so this in our perspective is kind of a perfect use case for applying technology. Um and we've seen we've seen how digital apps can help with other areas of mental health, like you know, calm and headspace with um anxiety, uh, and other other platforms with um anxiety and depression are doing really well and and we're kind of using the same technology but to address relationship and social problems.
1: My suspicion would be that um Perhaps this would be a very interesting proposition to men because in the same way that the mental health crisis um, is very much kind of, you know, men don't talk about their emotions. Suicide is the second biggest killer of men under the age of 50 in the UK because of that men don't like showing their vulnerability if you think about sex we think about you know the reboot of sex and city of sex in the city itself women you know and summer's parties women always seem to have had that perception that they are more open to talking about sex with their friends men just don't do that so so i'd be really interested to know if that's borne out in the in the demographics of people who are using this service is it that that men who don't feel comfortable talking about it are using the service or or is it predominantly women maybe trying to encourage their partners to, to be a bit more open?
0: Yeah, honestly, it is a pretty much dead on 50 50 split. Right. Um, I don't think the issue is gendered necessarily, you know, they are. It's really even for people who might think of themselves as sexually liberal and can chat to their friends about it. When it comes really down to the serious problems, there might be surface level. it. Might be, oh, yeah, we had great sex with this person here, whatever. When it's, I've got a serious problem. A lot of people find it quite difficult to talk about it, even if they feel like they are a liberal person. And the reason is, we all want to be good at sex, right? It is like a, it is a social holy grail, right? Like nobody wants to say, oh, either it's bad or insinuating that they're bad or anything to do with that, because that, almost immediately makes you feel like you're not desirable. And nobody, even with it, with it, with it, if it's with their friends or other people, almost nobody wants to make those admissions, even though we are all having the same experiences. So we are all struggling mm-hmm. in some ways, but everybody wants to present themselves as if you know they are incredibly uh, proficient in the bedroom and have no issues under any circumstances and, and issues are for other people that are separate to them. And I can guarantee you that almost nobody is like that and everybody is struggling in some way, shape or form. And if they haven't, they will.
1: What led you to, to starting a, a digital business in this field? Um, it It's not necessarily one that you would immediately imagine. I mean, your, your education background, having a look at it, you, you studied the Bachelor, but you were a BA, first, first class honours from, from yeah. UCL. You, you studied philosophy at Cambridge. So, fantastic academic institutions, but didn't necessarily point towards either a career in tech or a career in, in mental health and relationships.
0: Yeah, so I guess there's the, I don't know, let's call it the professional background, versus the personal background. I think both are important here. So um, I do genuinely believe if you want a career in tech, um, you don't necessarily need to follow a particular vocation. Uh, it really depends on what it is that you want to build. You know, if you want to build a, a like a rocket ship, like SpaceX, then you might need a, uh, an engineering degree. Um, but even then, a lot of the skills of running a company and product thinking is very transferable. And I think kind of arts degrees are very helpful for that. Um, and I, as soon as I started, I guess I went to uni similar to everyone else, which is you know, what the hell do I do? Um, and and not being sure about that. But within my first year of of my undergrad, it was really clear that that technology was the route that i wanted to go down um and uh, i guess the the key philosophy behind that decision was looking at lots of different areas you know all i wanted to do was i want to have as big an impact on people's lives as as, as as humanly possible and i think there are a few areas like that you could like i think you know judges and the law are exceptional in that case um politicians if you're talking about sheer scale of people um like them or love them or hate them uh they do have a significant impact across millions of people's of lives. Um, and then there was tech. Uh, and the reason tech won for me was because in those other spheres, like politics, like the judiciary, as a student of history, uh, which I was, um, it w- it always seemed that whatever upholding of systems that you do, they will come falling down at some point. You know, there is no government that lasts you know, a thousand years, they are always coming down. There's cycles that we go through of, of X, Y, and Z comes, I guess, platonic concept of Ku Klux. But when it came to tech, you don't really go backwards in technology. So if like other areas work in circles, technology Is almost like linear progression you know once you have a car you don't go back to using horses like you've got something that's better and then once you have air travel you don't use trains for example i guess we we use some forms of those but in terms of like main ways of traveling like internationally um or ships maybe a better comparison with planes but um uh that that to me was the draw of technology which was technology moves forward if you invent something new and people love it we're unlikely to go back to a previous version if it's been an improvement and so if we can make purely digital therapy that is as good as the world's best therapist it's unlikely that we would use kind of like in human services for most of these forms of therapy so that's the type of innovation that we want to move like humanity in that step forward and that would also bring access to hundreds of millions of more people than could possibly be serviced by you know all the sex therapists in the world couldn't possibly serve the world population but you know blue heart technology can conceivably um and then in the kind of like why blue heart in terms of if we answer the question why technology and that comes with my own experience of um having issues around sex um that was me going through a breakup of my own feeling heartbroken having my first real like experience with severe anxiety and kind of through that journey and struggle learning that basically everybody has a very similar experience and yet not everyone feels comfortable talking about it. Not everyone feels comfortable talking about the kind of impact that may have on their sex life because again, it comes back to that idea of like, we all feel like we have to hold face when it comes to the sexual domain. Um, And then I also went through the therapy journey and it was transformative. It put me uh, in this like incredible position in my life And I just wanted more people who were struggling like I did to have the opportunity because the therapy that I did was super expensive. And, you know, I was doing relatively well at that time. I started another technology company. It was going well. So I was just about able to afford it. But I knew this would never be possible for the majority of people on this planet. And so even though we have these tools and strategies to help with these really significant problems that take you to a really dark place like just by the format of having a highly skilled person having to deal with people one-on-one you're never going to service the number of people that have those issues and so mm. that's I guess my passion of why Blue Heart was I've been through that journey I know how dark it can take you but I also know that that like there are tools that can take you from it And I just wanted to give those tools to as many people as possible. Um, And so I partnered with my co-founder who is kind of tech background, a CTO, computer science from Cambridge type background, um, Mm. as well as Dr. Hurtline, who's one of the world's leading um, sex therapists.
1: Look, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, sexual therapy, sexual health, is this about people coming to terms with their anxieties? Is this about them accepting who they are? Is this about giving them confidence so you know you talk about saving face we all want to be as as good as we can in the bedroom is this about trying to improve your mental state so you are better or is this about just making you more accepting and 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 relaxed i mean or is it different for each individual person
0: yeah so i mean it's when you say there's two things so that they are inherently linked so the more stressed Mm. you are the worse things are probably going to go for you so getting people to be relaxed is almost the same as getting things to perform better, that those are kind of like, you know, like yeah. inherently linked um, things. Um, and it, it can differ. I think there are kind of, kind of the majority of people fall into particular categories, but but it can differ. So I think the the idea of who you are is actually quite a kind of dangerous concept. So you might think of yourself as I'm the type of person that likes X, or I'm the type of person that likes to have sex X number of times, but throughout your life, that's going to change, you know, particularly With older men, there is such a high correlation with men past the age of 50 with cardiovascular issues um, and having uh, erectile dysfunction. Those are just really common things to happen. With women, it might be menopause, and you might have been one way when you were younger, and as soon as you go through that phase, your body is now completely different. Your desires are now completely different to maybe where you once were when you were 20, 30, 40. And as a result, you are a different person you have different desires you have different um kind of like abilities yourself and so i I think part of it is also having people detach from the idea of like this is the type of intimacy that i need and want or this is the type of relationship that i want and thinking about actually this is going to change a lot throughout your life it's going to change with stress it's going to change with all these different life events that are going to come your way And it's really helping people kind of get to grips with those changes um, and that it's not the case that you're going to be consistent. I think that's one big category. The other big category is just like really bad social norms. So like really shame around sex is absolutely everywhere. And a lot of people, even those who might consider themselves as kind of liberal and open about this, really don't understand how deeply ingrained it is in them that sex is bad and the shame and guilt that they hold and attach to it and how we need to train and, and teach you that actually this this isn't bad and you shouldn't feel shame and once you get rid of that shame and guilt things are going to look a lot better for you And you're going to be a lot happier with yourself a lot more of the time
1: mm. look I think it's fascinating um one last question people who tend to use the app what kind of time length of time do they tend to use that app for? Have you got dem- have you got kind of statistics around how long they tend yeah. to interact with the platform?
0: It, it would take it would uh, on average, you'll say between six to eight months. Um, if you're doing kind of uh, let's say a uh, uh, going through through an issue and you want to go through one of the hardcore therapy plans, there are lots of other types of small activities you can do if you're not feeling ready to kind of dedicate that much time and effort and that might be just be small things that you upkeep on a daily basis um but, but for the kind of like kind of a core therapy i would say you know 6 to 8 months on average is a really good time for you to be like right this is uh, de- dedicating the required amount of time to to get you to a place where you're feeling really happy really comfortable yeah. um and it is a process you know it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight um, it really requires determination
1: which to me speaks volumes about the fact that this is a wholly healthy, long-term change that someone can kind of get real value and real kind of solace and 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 sense of peace of mind from.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like to think that it's going to change your life. You know, it's really, and we've had people say that this is something that has completely changed how they feel themselves and, and, and where they were crying themselves to sleep every night now they can feel relaxed and and their anxieties have gone away and um, obviously that is why we why we do it
1: yeah and look a therapy app so on google on android rather on on apple or on
0: both both the app store and play store you can find blue and just heart. search blue heart blue heart, blue heart therapy you'll both will come up um and you'll find it there
1: section thank you very much for your time today
0: no problem thanks david great to be here
1: two blokes sitting talking about sexual health on a podcast. Um, I mean, I'm not being funny, but that's the kind of thing that actually this podcast makes the point is quite uncomfortable for basically all of us.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if my mum's listening to this, mum, I've never had sex and uh, I'm just <laughs> pretending to know about this. Uh, she sometimes listens to it. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, mum, I'm very well behaved. No sex before marriage and all that. So, Good yeah. work.
1: Yes. <laughs> Tune,
2: yes. off now, mom. Tune off now, Mum. Tune off. End of podcast.
1: <laughs> so. I do I do think look, you know, kind of silliness aside, there are some really really important messages in this. First of all, loneliness is as bad as 9 cigarettes a day. I had no idea that that was the case. And loneliness can be compounded you know, if someone is feeling anxious and they're feeling isolated and they don't know how to make that connection with another human being, I mean, that that's a massive knock-on effect on your physical and mental health. Hmm.
2: I, I think also it's been amplified by the pandemic, right? Whereby, yeah. like, if you're literally, if you went into the pandemic single and, or even, like, not living with someone, like, even if you were with someone, so to speak, and, you know, kind of in a relationship and you then went into into the pandemic and you didn't live with them. It made it very hard for people to meet up, right? And even though you might feel like, oh, yeah, but I'm with someone. But, you, you know, that kind of loneliness and, and the kind of vacuum of not being able to see someone and, you know, kind of... Oh, if, if I you, think back... If to, you were intimate yeah. or whatever, then, you know, not being able to do that.
1: If I think back to kind of university and mm. kind of having a girlfriend at university, if you'd then been forced to be at home with your mom and dad... For, yeah. the, for For months on end, and not being able to see that person, mm. it would have been awful. I mean, I suppose the only consolation would be that you also would know that your other half was in a similar situation. it's not like you'd be at home and they'd be going out but yeah. Yeah. it would still it would still be awful uh, yeah. and very isolating and lonely and yeah you, I think you're right to highlight that
2: i um, yeah. I'm just going to say this from like a male perspective right like I, I fit the the male you know 25 to 30 you know 30 mid 30s whatever ratio i think if you had issues like this you feel very kind of embarrassed yeah at least i would anyway if i was yeah. going to a therapist yeah, or something right the fact that you can do this in almost like your own privacy it it makes it feel like you are you know i'd be much more comfortable doing it on a like an app or having that sort of thing rather than going into like a clinic checking in and you know kind of going yeah hello my name's akish yeah you know i'm here for this and do you you understand what i mean like i just feel i think straight off the bat i just feel so awkward about it and it would just be like oh no what am i doing you know Um, Here's
1: a question quickly to throw in there um and I ask this because nearly half of our audience is American and here are two Brits that they listen to on a regular basis. Mm. Do, do the mm. Brits have a problem with therapy? Like in America, everyone seems to have a therapist, almost like it's an accessory. And I'm not yeah. belittling it, but they they just seem to be far more I'm accessi- um, Sorry, it seems to be far more accepted and they seem oh. to be far more accessible.
2: Mm. I, I, I think we do. I think there's a cultural thing. I think it's like, I mean, if you look at therapy, right, like it's it's, it's almost glamorized a little bit in certain like, tv shows and you know kind of cultures right like yeah. if you're if you're re- like you know what what what's the stereo and again apologies to anyone who's listening in america who's maybe from the the west coast and from beverly hills and you know the, the kind of calabasas rich area kardashian type of thing it's like oh you know I, I need to go see my therapist for this or you know my therapist said i need to do this that sort of thing right you see in movies shows all the time whereas i think in england it's a bit like Oh, right. You've got a therapist. Oh, uh, okay. Like, what's wrong? You must be mental. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, Some, it, something's it, wrong with you. Exactly. Oh, something's wrong with you. It's not to say, oh, I've got a therapist that just, you know, I, I, is someone I can talk to and it keeps on a straight and narrow. And yeah, you, you know, it just allows me to reflect or whatever. It's yeah. more, oh, you've got something wrong with you because you need a therapist. Do you know which what I is, mean? Which it's... is
1: ridiculous. There's a huge pressure, certainly around sex in this country, to for everyone to say that they're amazing. And I think that's true mm. of the entire Western world. And everyone claims to be amazing and have no issues. And and everybody struggles to a point. And if they say they haven't, they probably will at some point. So mm. at some point in your life, you probably will need some help and someone to talk to yeah. to help you keep on the straight and narrow, as you say.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think, um, do, you, do you know what? I, I, I'm... I, in, in in the last few months, I've, I've really, um, I've, I've really kind of changed my opinion on it because like there was some stuff that happened in my family and whatever, and we kind of went through stuff. And as, as a, as a family, um, you know, we, we all kind of went and and saw a, a therapist and I kind of thought, you know, it was very much kind of movies, like you sit there and lying down and it's like oh what is the first thing that come to your mind when I say banana like you know I thought it was all that sort of thing but it's it's so not like you know and it's much more kind of consultative it's kind of like thinking about you know kind of where you were and emotions and feelings and kind of like you know stuff that that can really help trigger things and um having gone to a therapist a few times I kind of think oh it's, it's great like it it just gives you a different perspective on things, and sometimes it, it's not always to say that. I, I, th- I think what people misconstrue a, a therapist with is they'll probably say that everything you do is wrong, but you know sometimes they will also say like what you're doing to to d- deal with certain things is completely correct, and mm. maybe tweak this, do that. Do you know what I mean? So, um, whereas in this case, I think I think the I think what he's trying to to do. Um, I think it's great because what what he's trying to bring is an element of, yeah, technology, entrepreneurship, um, launching something new, but it's definitely something that I think a lot of people will kind of buy into.
1: I also like that, that Sachin talks about um, sexual norms as well. Um, he talks about the fact that we're supposed to feel, or, or society tells us that we should feel, Shame when talking about this, you joked, Mom, turn off, yeah, you know, and that that's indiv- indicative of, of this, right? Sex is bad, mm. therefore you can't have sex until you're in a in a proper long term relationship, absolutely not uh yeah. and you know Sachin talks about the fact that we shouldn't feel shame mm. Uh, mm. and I think that's absolutely fair. And I'm not going to use this as a pivot to go into the second part of the episode because um. Blue Heart and Sachin are trying to address um, positive sexual health uh, and a positive attitude towards it. And part of that for a very long time has been that a huge amount of people in our society have been persecuted for their sexual norms and what is normal, but what other people would decree not to be. Um, it's currently LGBT History Month. And on Wednesday at work, we're going to be signing the Declaration of Amsterdam, um, which. Yeah, basically is there to show um the lgbtqia plus community that we are there and that this is a safe and welcoming environment so we'll pivot into that because i think that's that's an important thing to be talking about as well but akish thank you for your time and absolutely mrs akish y- your son's a good boy M- mrs akish she's not my <laughs> she's not my wife mate it's my mum. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, at the beginning I, I said that I had to pronounce your name for the radio. There's yeah, me yeah. avoiding pronouncing your surname oh, wrong
2: right. Anyway, mum, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Coker. Anyway. Until yeah. next
1: week. <laughs> so, Rob, you're uh you're managing director of Crimson, which is part of the Harvey Nash group. Uh, why are you gonna be present on Wednesday when the group signs the declaration of Amsterdam uh and shows that it's, a, it's an organisation that does have that commitment to fostering an inclusive workplace? Why particularly are you going to be there?
3: Okay, uh, great question, Dave. So first and foremost is I sit as the sponsor for the diversity and inclusion for Harvey Nash Group. Um, so I've been uh, been the sponsor now for nearly 12 months. Uh, I'm actively in the group as well. I, I work with the, the, the other um, contingency across all the different brands. Uh, and so from my perspective, Wednesday for us is a little bit of a stake in the ground. And, a, and I'm going to say a little bit of a celebration as well, actually, because I think there's been a huge amount of hard work and effort being put forward to the group. Um, and I think this is a little bit of coming of age and is, is how I see it. Um, myself personally and the brand. So Crimson is, is our brand. Um, we, we, uh, we have a fantastic uh, selection. Um, of, of people f- from all different backgrounds. And I think technology is a great testament towards that as well. Um, so uh, we've got a, a great, uh, from a gender perspective, is we've, we really are building up a uh, kind of balance between male and female. Uh, we're encouraging through our academy. Um, so our academy, we really are bringing in. So our last cohort, I think we're pretty much about 50-50, uh, which, which was great. Uh, and again, that's that's not necessarily what we're going out to do, but it pretty much is where we've landed, uh, and it's it's a great place to to find ourselves.
1: Now, I find the Declaration of Amsterdam quite quite an interesting um, piece of legislation because the Amsterdam Declaration two thousand and two, as I understand it, is a statement of fundamental principles in modern humanism. So that talks about worth, dignity, autonomy. Of every individual and the right of every human being to the greatest possible freedoms, um, and, and the the declaration then puts us through an evaluation process and, and checks on on progress, uh, and 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 sees what can be done to improve the workplace when it comes to um, kind of inclusion for LGBTQIA I, I, plus um, employees. How how easy is that to do in a modern workplace where not just you're dealing with different offices in each country, but you're dealing with different cultures, you're dealing with different, you know, it's it's one thing there where you talk about crimson, but where you've got the Harvey Nash group and you're in 16 countries and you're dealing with, with people from all sorts of different backgrounds and, and communities around the world. That's that's a challenging thing to do, right?
3: Uh absolutely. Um but I, I think the simple answer to your question is is a day at a time. Uh, I think twelve months ago when we started to to, to look at bringing in uh, the dni council that we 've created it 's a movement it 's going to take time it 's going to actually take a number of people that 's actually going to start to to start to actually educate to start to communicate to push it around each of the different brands, different offices, um, which has happened quite a lot in the last twelve months and you can start to see and feel now people actually want to be part of this rather than just signing up to it as well. So, yeah, so the declaration is that our opportunity is a bit, bit of a gap analysis, I suppose, is actually seeing how far we've gone in that small uh, small amount of time. Uh, and it starts to help us to understand new areas we can start to push into. Uh, and I think that's also is, is quite a big thing because you do start to, you know, dare I say, run out of some ideas sometimes. You start to push certain thoughts and some programs and projects and I think the declaration allows us to actually take a stake in the ground, see how far we've got, you know, and learn from it. You know, we're n- nobody's going to be perfect here, um, and, and nobody has the uh, <laughs> nobody has all the good ideas, should we say? So, so let's see what's uh, how we can actually use this to our advantage rather than to our disadvantage. Um, I think I think it's a great thing actually. The fact that we've got multiple offices, I think it's a fantastic thing. We've got different cultures across all parts of the globe. I actually think that's a real good, strong message internally to our staff of how we actually can work uh, better together, definitely from a, a respect perspective, perspective as well. So I, I think it actually works to our advantage because we don't sit around with with blinkers on, we don't just see what we want to see, we don't just see what's in front of us. And because uh, Harvey Nash is such a collaborative kind of group, you know, we really do get a good... Um, get good visibility and a real good feeling towards what people are thinking across different parts of our organisation I think it's fantastic
1: You say a couple of things there that are really interesting you say that people you think really want to be part of this and you talk about tapping into people's thinking of course there is a slight um, edge unfortunately to some of these policies when an organisation um, implements them and if I think about kind of unconscious bias training that some people go well hang on a minute why should I need to do this I'm, I'm not racist and It's like you know if, if we're putting something like the Declaration of Amsterdam in, in place are people going to turn around and go well, I'm, I'm not homophobic homophobic I'm not I, I'm not someone that, that halts inclusion. How do you think we, we take this from being something that could be seen as here's a, an exercise that the exco that the leadership of the of the, um, of the of the of the kind of from from the inclusion members of, of staff, are driving and is owned by everyone and has a different feel? Is not just something that, that we're kind of trying to put in place because it's something that we should be putting in place, but really becomes part of the fabric of the organisation right the way through it?
3: I think the objective has always got to be part of the fabric. Uh, I, I think um, to get there, though, is it, it is a journey. It, it is going to take a little bit of time to actually get there. Um, I, I think if you... You you look around, you know. Respect your colleague, respect your neighbour, respect the people that you want to work with. I I actually think we're a long way down that road of being able to achieve that. Anyway, Um, I I really don't believe this is a tick box. I don't believe in any kind of way we're just trying to do this for uh, for any kind of brownie points. We're doing it because people, you know, people want to make this happen across our organisation. But similarly as well, you know, it's a case we're not driving this. We're not telling anybody what they shouldn't do. Uh, what we're saying is, this is what we we want to be famous for. It's is what we want to push through. Hey, why wouldn't you be part of it? Um, I've I've witnessed uh, I've witnessed uh, a number of times now in different offices where we've actually brought the subject up. Uh, we've actually a, uh, invited people in to actually have quite broad discussions and, and quite you know talk talking some quite a lot of depth of detail. And I, I I've just seen people. Wake up to these conversations to, to coming out of a little bit of an ignorance in some respects but but suddenly when they hear people talking and, and they see the actual the influence and the uh, the outcomes that they are start to drive, I really do see people really want to be part of that, uh, but it is going to take time. I keep saying it 's not something that you 're going to switch like a light switch it 's going to take a bit of time to do that, but in the twelve months have actually been um, Part of the and I, I feel quite privileged. I, I do. I, I I feel in awe uh, of people I'm talking to and, and work around, and and I would say that I've learned so much from my colleagues in the last twelve months, and I believe that that's what we're trying to do is 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 allow our our wider colleagues to you know to actually to, to, to benefit from it because it is a, it is a benefit, you know it really is a benefit because I actually feel that people will. Uh, they 'll enjoy work better they 'll like the you know they'll like they 'll real like to integrate with 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 their colleagues so much more but i but I do think there 's that respect you know and i and I can only talk personally dave and i think if if people follow my my kind of feeling hopefully the world wow <laughs> what what a gra- what a great company and what a great way to way to go and it shouldn 't just be within our own organization remember as well. You know, we're responsible in a in a, an area of, of a professional services uh, sector of of multiple clients, thousands of candidates and contractors and uh, people in our in our industry that that basically can also you know learn from us as well. So I think we 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 work in a lot not just within our own our own organisation. I think we can actually uh, you know we can pass this on further. Uh, Timing is good as well. I think the timing is great. It's timing is good from from us as a nation, for us as a uh, you know for for what's happening in the globe today. But but I also think as us as individuals, I I, I think the timing is absolutely perfect.
1: Look, I think I really appreciate you giving up a a ten minute slot to have a chat about it. And uh, I really hope that Wednesday goes well and is a really positive session. I'm sure it will be by everyone. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks for as I said for for taking some time to explain why you feel it's important.
3: No problem at all. I I do appreciate it, Dave, and uh, yeah, looking forward to Wednesday.